Coming up next, the year in review. humble and obedient host of the booking joining you for part two of our year in review you might be confused because it's 2018 we're already like the fourth month of january now but scheduling boring behind the scenes crap things happen this is when nathan deleted it yeah (laughs) 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 yeah yeah who, who knows what happened? Something happened to the old year in review that would have come out at the end of December. You deleted it. <laughs> <laughs> who can tell? <laughs> these little accidents happen, you know. No one knows who's to blame, why these things happen. The, the important thing is that uh, no one's at fault and life goes on. Except for the guy who consciously decided to press the delete button yep. on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Might be his fault. <laughs> if there was anyone like that, then that would be very sad. And to be fair, the audio was a little glitchy. It was malarkey. And, and it was poppycock. It was balderdash. It was Brandon's inferior audio. Inferior audio quality. And we only bring the very best audio quality to people, right, Jake? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the qu- content quality is another question, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We try. <laughs> I'm proud of our content. I thought 2017 was a gala year for the, the booking. I was just talking about what we're doing right now. Oh, yeah, no. A gala year. A gala year. Gala year is enough for me, as Groucho Marx... No, oh, uh, he said, eh, never mind. That didn't work. What were we talking about? Brandon yeah, Chastain. Getting a gala year. A gala year. A gala year. How are you? Oh, a gala year. A gala... Yeah. <laughs> There we go. Gala, yeah, I get gala. it. I get it now. A gala. I thought I was hearing the, I was only hearing the Groucho Mark joke, apparently. You were only hearing like a gala year. Yeah. Like one gala year. I think it is gala. I think you were right. Yeah, I think, I think I was right too. Gala? What do you say, Jake? Not sure now. Confused. <laughs> <laughs> is it Cather or Cather? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, not that again. <laughs> not that again. Folks, it's part two of the year in review. Let's, let's get right into it, guys. Uh, Jake, why don't you tell us what the books are that we're looking back and dis- we're, we're doing categories. We're deciding what the best of this, the best, yeah, yeah, who, what the best yeah. book, all that. What books are we looking at? Let's reiterate. Number one from January, Anna Karenina. The Great Anna Number K. two, Austin Mont, Emma. E. Uh, March, That Hideous Strength, discussed it with Stephen Baker. Uh, four, As I Lay Dying, y'all discussed that Faulkner book without me and very glad I am for it. A-I-L-D. Uh, Number five, Winnie the Pooh. That was in May, and then we threw in Boys of Blur by Indy Wilson, and And then we got to June, did Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad, Murder on the Orient Express, that was July, featuring the one and only Danny McNeely, the mom who's a bomb of reading. Old dubstep Danny. Eight is, what month is that, August? (laughs) (laughs) Midsummer Night's Dream, Mm -hmm. the episodes uh, which are not to be mentioned around my house. All we see or seem to seem is but a dream within a dream. Uh, my Antonia, Willa Cather, that was September. My Antonia. Something Wicked This Way Comes, October. Uh, Martin Dressler by Stephen Milhauser, that was November. And that was a really great stretch until we ground to a halt in December with James Joyce's Dubliners. What do you guys mean? That was so good. 
Greatest short story writer ever. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You have it on good authority from Brandon Chastain. I meant Chekhov. Chekhov's the greatest story. <laughs> yeah, Chekhov. He's got that Chekhov's gun. pretty great. Chekhov's yeah. gun. Have you read some Chekhov? Yeah. We should do Chekhov one day. Yeah, let's do Chekhov. You're, season four, we'll do Chekhov. Kind of have it now where we're doing some short stories each year, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good I'm going to call it. I'm going to say two things. Season four. I'm going to make a proposal, guys. Two proposals, actually. Let's do it. Number one, Chekhov. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two, based on the discussion we had last episode of how much we enjoyed Anna Kay, I think we should just bite the bullet and do WNP. Whoa, baby. Going for it. Season four. Let's just, the, let's yeah. just do it. And Volkonsky and Pevier, they just came out with their new translation. Big, beautiful book. I oh. want it. Well, you need an excuse to, to have it. Yeah. Have it purchased for you by somebody else. Yeah. Oh, man. Our by our wonderful Patreon supporters. Yeah, indeed. Whew. That's such a good book. Uh, season four? I think nice. Anna Kay is better. I do. But War and Peace in some ways is the wildest and greatest book to have ever been written. <laughs> really, it is. <laughs> I think we should do it. What do you say, Jake? My wife's book club. They're doing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Your wife's book club. Your wife's book club. Your schmife's schmuck club. That's what I say to that. <laughs> I love you, dear. <laughs> oh. Jake, you're being strangely silent on the subject of doing W&P in year four. That's really yeah, and we are doing Bleak House in December, so it'd be hard to turn Try around. To do that in January. But maybe we could do it like midway through the year, and before it, we could just do like Dr. Seuss for three months or something like that. <laughs> I think that's can what I, we'd can have Can I have to a proposal? Do. Yes, sir. A modest proposal from Brennan Chastain. That we have the freedom to revisit whether or not we do War and Peace. And I, I, I'm i going four. to agree with that proposal. Okay. Yeah. So we'll Let's say sure. Let's not make any commitments right now. So like, it sounds like a great idea. Definitely doing War and Peace in year four. <laughs> Remain silent. We, hey, we already have what? a yeah. uh, <laughs> we already have a list of suggestions. It's like that list keeps growing, and we sound more. I think than, we should do. It's yeah, more than it's like the moon and six pence. More like the moon and sex pence. We're gonna like him. You're gonna like that Who? guy. Wilkie Collins? No. Or no, not Wilkie it's Collins. not Wilkie oh, Collins. <laughs> he got me. Who did The Moon and Sixpence? Uh, Somerset Maugham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. I uh, the Moonstone is by Wilkie yeah. Collins. That's what... uh, Summer, the famous thing he did was Of Human Bondage. Of Human Bondage, yes. Which yes. is a really good book. I haven't read of six, uh, The Moon and Sixpence, but I'm looking forward to it. Well, that'll be season four. We've already you, got a smooth season. style, early 20th century writer. I, I think, love early so. 20th century writing, that's for sure. I think I could be totally wrong there. I think I'm right, though. Did Jake get through the list? Oh, yeah. Jake ended with Dubliners. It was lame. Brandon thinks it's great. That's not true, folks. That's a little bit of my A.A. Milne-like irony. Another one of Brandon's favorite authors, A.A. Milne. That's right. Just listen to the last episode. Well established on the last episode. Well established on the last episode. I just went into a long praise of him. Guys, I'm going to throw a curveball. Oh. What's your favorite line from this year? Well, seeing as there aren't too many lines I can remember. <laughs> well, I, that's, What's your line? That's completely fair. What's my line anyways? Yeah, who's, your, whose line is it anyway? Let's it do doesn't that. have to be a line of dialogue. It can just be a line of prose. And I'm, I'm going to say that each of us can probably remember a couple, and those will be the ones that will win. Well, I mean, I think we can all remember one, the snow falling faintly and faintly falling like the descent of their last end. I think that's got to be in the running. And the dead. That's definitely got to be in the running. I hate them all and you badly and myself. Done. Yeah, that's a, all right. I'm just going to look up that line from <laughs> badly done. His eyes responded. Okay, so. What's that from? I hate them all and you and myself. His eyes responded. Uh, all right, let me find the whole quote. Let me see if I can find this. <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> <laughs> Staring at Brandon while I 
Repeat the line. His eyes responded. Badly done, Emma, is a good line. Badly done, Emma, is a great line. I'm looking through them. That hideous strength actually probably does have some Oh, great the lines. horror. Well, I mean, I know one. It'll be all happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is different in its own way. Yeah, that's not going to win. No. <laughs> so I don't even know what that means. It could just as easily have we been... We decided it meant nothing. All, yeah. It could just as easily have been all happy families are different. different. We said we decided that would be the better line. That would actually make more sense, I think. <laughs> yeah, for the, how great that book is, it has a pretty bad opening line. All right, here's the line that Jake was mentioning. I don't know whose translation this is. It's just the one on Goodreads. Kitty got up to fetch a table, and as she passed, her eyes met Levin's. She felt for him. So this is early on when she's just rejected him. She felt with him for with her whole heart, the more because she was pitying him for a suffering of which she was herself the cause. If you can forgive me, forgive me, said her eyes. I am so happy. I hate them all, and you, and myself, his eyes responded. <laughs> yeah. Pretty sure I nailed it. Hey, you, you did got really it. close. You did come really That's close. That's a good line. That's one of my, that might be my favorite line from, I mean, it says it's so much. The best lines from that book. Yeah. That book's got some great lines. Which means that it's the best line. So there we go. Best line from the best book. Oh, wait, 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 guys. Okay. Wait a second. We are just blowing right over this, Nathan. Don't. Probably Shakespeare had nothing. <laughs> he probably didn't have any good lines. Yeah, nothing good in Midsummer. Mm, I, don't know if, I don't even know. Is that a donkey's head on your head? Is that in there or something? <laughs> Is that a donkey's head on your head? Yep. The great, That's probably yeah. one of the bards' great. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that a donkey's head on your head? Uh, <laughs> it's, the, it's a great line in the mouth of the right character, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to throw one out here from a book we hated, but it's a wonderful line. One of the best lines of the year, I want to say. How often have I lain beneath rain on a strange yeah, roof thinking yeah, yeah, of home? Yeah. That's a good line. How often have I... I mean, I could almost see that line winning, and I hated everything about as I lay dying. Read it again. How often have I lain beneath the rain on a strange roof thinking of home? That's, That's a great line. Gorgeous line. Got that rhyming stuff going on. How often have I lain beneath rain on a strange roof? <laughs> Slant rhyme with the strange. The lane in rain. Um... <laughs> The rain falls angry on the tin roof as we lie awake in our beds. <laughs> I had a roommate in college. Oh, my goodness. Thinking of home. <laughs> the Ed- Edwin McCain song. Yeah. Played and sang it all the time. Thought he was going to woo some ladies with it. Didn't work out so well for him. I know this roommate. No. All right. I'm going to read the other contender here. His soul swooned. Sw- his soul swooned slowly as he heard the snow falling faintly through the universe and faintly falling, like the descent of their last end upon all the living and the dead. Mm. Nah. Nope. Cold, Brandon. That's cold. <laughs> that soul swooned slowly thing at the beginning. The soul swooned slowly. Maybe a little too much for me. Soul swooned slowly sucks. I. Th- you know what? Yeah. Soul soon swoons slowly. Sure, it sucks. I'm not going to go that far. I think he pulls it off. I mean, I'll, I'll give Joyce that much. The last paragraph of The Dead's pretty it's good. It's very big of you. <laughs> I think the last paragraph's fine. It's really fantastic. Oh, is it it's fine? Good. You think okay. the last paragraph of I The think Dead the last, is all right? You no, know, they can go you, back and they can listen to the Dubliners episodes and hear how much we love that. But when you read it out loud, soul swooned slowly. Well, I read it stupidly, though. Let me try it's again. It's not doing it for me this time. <laughs> His soul swooned slowly as he heard the snow fall. <laughs> His soul swooned slowly as he heard the snow falling faintly through that the helps, universe yeah. and faintly that, falling. That really helps. Yeah. I think the with the falling faintly. And faintly falling. And faintly falling. That's great. 
Jess hasn't sold me with the soul swooned slowly. The soul swooned slowly isn't slow. You're not sold on the soul swooned slowly. No, what's good about it? I don't know. It's it's good that he takes a risk and he pulls it off. Jake, what's your? It works. It does. It, like you don't actually least... think of it as being obnoxiously alliterative when you're in the no, moment. No, you don't. No, and there's not a needless word in it. Soul swooned slowly. In that phrase, right. like his soul. Each swooned. one of those s words is doing work. You soul, could argue swooned. that to swoon is inherently going to be a slow action, so you don't really need the adjective. But you can hear the snow. No, but blowing. you can swoon. Sw- sw- swooning doesn't have to be slow. You can also hear the snow swirling. That's true. When we think of swooning, though, we sort of think of a oh. I, at least I do. It's kind of a. I think of. Oh, and passing out. Which know. is kind of a not a abrupt slamming. I, 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 I feel like it's pretty abrupt. <coughs> okay, fair enough. I'll buy. I'll, I'll buy it. Brendan, you were saying. I don't know. Oh, I, the snow. The the snow. His soul swooned slowly. Yes, it's hard to say. It is. I've had. But I think you can kind of hear the snow in it too. So it's fine. Sure. Yeah, it's great. It's okay. It's, it's great. I'm, I'm glad there you approve. Go. I approve. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm being an. Um. All right. We got to make a decision here. The candidates are how often have I lain on the plains in Spain from as I lay dying. I hate them all and you and myself, his eyes responded. From Anna Kay. Badly done, Emma. Uh-huh. Martin Dressler actually had some knockout sentences too, but none of them that we're going to be able to remember. How had he dared? And, done and so dared with no, with no sense of daring. That's a nice one from that hideous strength. Just that is a good to, line. Just trying to remember. Oh, my Antonia. I mean, what's the thing about the incommunicable? Oh, the incommunicable bass, yeah. Yeah. There's probably more than one from my Antonia, but that's the only kind of... Bradbury's little thing about love and Charles' speech. Don't remember what the line is. No, me neither. Probably not that great a line. Love lifts us up where we belong. Love lifts us up where we belong. Love is all you need. <laughs> where you Fly. All you need is love. That's true. Okay, anybody I want to throw out any? It probably really is. We should throw the bone a bone to the bard, but I cannot remember <laughs> a single line from Midsummer Night's Dream off the top oh, of my yeah, head. I can't either. I know there's some gorgeous ones. And just quotes from Midsummer Night's Dream. I'm sure there'll be like five that probably knock all of the quotes that we've said out of. I don't know that there's. Okay, let's see here. I bet there's something. Well, I know, but are there any like really super famous ones? To dream. Oh that, yeah, there are. You're right. Hmm. Love looks not with eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. Though she be but little, she is fierce. Lord, what fools these mortals be. Oh, here's a famous one. The course of true love never did run smooth. And yet, to say the truth, reason and love keep little company together nowadays. None of those are exciting me like anything we've already mentioned. Though she is but... Small, she is fierce. Is that that I like that one too. Tiny or small? What is it? Small, she's fierce. (laughs) Though she be but little, she is fierce. I do like that. I I like. I mean, I'm. I give a thumbs up to all these quotes. I'm just saying, none of them's good. Oh, do you? Do you give thumbs up to the part? Great. I'm so glad you approve. (laughs) (laughs) Hoisted on my own petard. (laughs) Which is a quote from the Bard. I'm pretty sure. The bard invented the petard, <laughs> whatever the p- petard is. You know what a petard is, Brandon? Hmm? You're a petard. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing it's something you can hoist somebody yeah, by. Yeah, well, you definitely can be hoisted on a petard, your own, in fact. You go to hoist someone, and then ironically... You should look it up. What's a petard? I don't feel like it. <laughs> okay, Anna Karenina wins. <laughs> <laughs> With the eyes? Yeah, that's a good I, line. I, I hate them all, and you, and myself. 
His eyes responded. Yeah, if you can just... forgive me, forgive me, said her eyes. And it's in quotes, the way that every translation I've seen always does it as if the eyes are just talking, which is wonderful. If you can forgive me, forgive me, said her eyes. I am so happy. I hate them all, and you, and myself. His eyes <laughs> responded. So it's perfect. Yeah, it wins. It wins. It wins. I want to give a special commendation, though, to Faulkner. How often have I lain on the plains in Spain and heard Under the strange roofs, thinking of home. Yeah, it's pretty beautiful. It's a good line mm-hmm. given mm-hmm. to a character who probably shouldn't have any good lines. Nope. Does that Darl? Yeah. That was the whole problem with Faulkner, is I couldn't buy that any of those characters talked the way they were supposed to. I still don't. But yeah, anyway. Most quotable. Badly done, Emma. Yeah, we've certainly... It's one of those ones that comes up in real life. Sticks. Badly done, Jake. You know, so you can use it for things. Do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) My little green friend. I guess it's not exactly a mark of uh, good writing, if it's quotable. <laughs> like you just demonstrated that. I hate the sand. <laughs> it's coarse. Like, it gets everywhere. Gets everywhere. <laughs> not like you. <laughs> You're smooth. You're and... smooth. <laughs> it gets everywhere. That's my favorite per- part of his performance. <laughs> just the way he says that. All right. Yay! First curveball. That was the first curveball. Best scene. Straight up scene. Yeah. I don't remember where we landed on this. Me neither. Well, it's hard because Anna Kay, you've got 5,000 different scenes. Like a whole book. The chalk scene, the rain on his back scene, the hunting for snipe scene. The birth scene. The birth scene. The The wearing scene. Yeah. Basically, Levin and Kitty's whole relationship is just like one slam bang scene after another. I mean, and uh, well, and then you've got the scenes, you know, Anna going to the train station, um, Anna and Vronsky having consummated their love or whatever. Dolly at the Dolly visiting the that's a good scene. I forgot about that. The way he handles the first time they actually commit adultery, that's fantastic. Oh, yeah, physically commit adultery. Yeah, yeah, the horse race scene, the The horse horse race. race. Jinx. <laughs> On a Coke. <laughs> Jinx, stop, I believe, is what you have to say if you don't want to pay me a Coke, according to the rules that we played by. But We never actually said Jinx on a Coke. It was Jinx, and then you had the first person to count to 10. So you had to count to 10 and say stop. Right. Like, I, we, 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 I say Jinx, then I have to count to 10. You can, at any point while I'm counting to 10, say Jinx, stop. But if you don't say Jinx, stop before I get to 10, then you owe me a Coke. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Matter of fact, you didn't say Jinx, stop. You now do owe me a Coke. <laughs> so the way that we played it is it was just the first person to make it to 10 after a Jinx. So once someone calls Jinx, either party both have to in the transaction to can count to 10? Yeah. And the loser buys a Coke. We just played it. The first person to say Jinx owes a Coke. The other person owes the Coke. That is the... And if you say Jinx at the same time, you it's whoever punches the other one first. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's got simplicity to it. Yeah. And That's violence. the way we do things in Texas. <laughs> yep. This is how we say goodbye in German. <laughs> and this is how we say goodbye in Austria. No, I think it's the other way around. <laughs> is that from Indiana Jones? Yeah. This might be not, this next, not, not the next episode in a row, but didn't we reference Indiana Jones recently? That same movie? We talked about how much better Indiana Jones is than Star Wars. He chose poorly. I remember doing that for some reason. Maybe that was sanity. I don't know. Uh, it was Star Wars. Was it Star Wars? Okay. When we did what? He chose poorly. Yeah, it might have been in... Um, was that the Star Wars episode? I think it might have been in the C.S. Lewis episode. Oh, maybe it was. I chose poorly. For some reason, I think we said that. Yeah. 
Who knows why we do anything? Which was a callback to the Star Wars episode. But there would have been Despite a callback at that, that time. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recorded the Star Wars episode oh, way yeah. <laughs> <laughs> weeks or months later. Uh, what were we talking about? Best scene. So Anna Kay's chock full of them. Emma's got your badly done, Emma. That's a great scene. Always kind of makes me cry, actually, that scene. Gotta say, gotta give that scene props. If you've ever been rebuked by someone and it's hurt, then you can sure feel for Emma in that scene and you respect Mr. Knightley and it's just a good scene. That it is strength as a elephant massacre at the behest of Merlin. Can't. It's got this scene at the end. Where Mark Studdick is walking and regretting and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's a good scene. And they go in the shirt and the thing. And he winks at the camera and runs indoors. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I still want to maintain, by the way, because uh, Pastor Stephen Baker, he said that that wasn't supposed to be funny at the end. I thought that was supposed to be funny at the end. Sorry, Stephen, if you're listening. Uh, didn't he argue that it was sort of erotic, that she was like glad to be able to do his laundry or something like that? And maybe it was, but I think it was also kind of supposed to be funny, like, oh, Mark. Yeah, I think I'm you with you cad. on that. I understand that doing laundry can be an incredibly potent experience. And future kitty, if you're listening, I've got a lot of laundry, and you're welcome to do it mm-hmm. after you become... Mrs. Alberson, put the ring on your finger, all that kind of stuff. Best scene. Winnie the Pooh. Pooh sticks. <laughs> uh, the scene where they hunt for the huffle up gum stuffle up against. Yeah, the feet. The feet, yeah, they get them all. It's hilarious. I don't know. I, I don't know that I can recall any scenes. I don't quite know how to read. So I, You don't know how to read? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the real problem with Winnie the Pooh. That has been a real drawback to your presence on the booketing in general, really. It's just <laughs> your lack of ability to read words. Um, you've done a read them with understanding. wonderful or... job of faking it, though, I must say. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> the boat. The boat. Heart of Darkness. The boat. Boat scene. Marlo sitting in the dark. The embers. We talked about it last episode. All the wonderful, definitely the scene that we all agreed made us feel like we were there. Murder! On the Orient Express. Summer Night's Dream. <laughs> Boo Boo. Uh, my Antonia. Uh, Lots of scenes. Yeah. The Snake. The Snake. The Ray blind, Charles. Blind piano. Yep. The two brothers telling their story. Yeah. The wolf. Oh, the, the wolf. The, the bridal party. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, Play. The uh, plow against the sunset. Yep. With Cutter shooting his wife. <laughs> with Cutter trying to... Everything to do with, with, with Cutter was great. My Antonia probably has some other ones we're not thinking of, but... Surely does. It's full of it great very scenes. Quickly, uh, the, the suicide. Something wicked. Christmas. Oh, Christmas. With the, yeah. We could probably stay there. Yeah, you could stay there a long time. A yeah. long time. Something wicked. Charles parting the crowd to come and save his son. Boom, boom, boom. Yep. That's a good scene. Great scene. Library scene. Library scenes. Got, got Kids be. under the grate with dad and Mr. Dark above. Yep. those. That's a great scene. Dust witch. Anything with the dust witch is great. The little boy going to Mrs. Foley's house or whatever is also maybe the, one of the creepiest parts from that book when he's just like smiling from the window or something like that. Yeah. Or when she's made a, a lot of compelling imagery, at least from that book. Something Wicked's just like, it's one of the best books we read this year, really, just in terms of. Well, I think that's why. Why Heart of Darkness suffered in our talks is, I mean, something Wicked This Way Comes is just really fun and compelling. Mm-hmm. And my Antonia was really fun and compelling. Yeah. Dressler was fun. Yeah. And kind of felt overshadowed. Maybe a little recency bias played into it, too. By, oh, Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness yeah. overshadowed. Yeah. I think it's... We had that, that three-book run from my Antonia 
something wicked in Martin Dressler that was just yeah, that was just a nice bam, bam, bam. Yeah, strong books, and then Dubliners, then to, Dubliners to to cap it all off, to cap it all, to, <laughs> to put a cap, to in put it. a cap in its head. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take your pleasure and I'll shoot yes, it. So I'll, I'll beat like your puppy to death with film. a shovel. Dubliners sucked. You see uh, three billboards outside, whatever. I did not. Did you? No. Got a movie pass though, so maybe it's Martin McDonough. Yeah, I he's like Irish. He's Irish. Yeah, heavily influenced by James Joyce. Yeah, his plays are wicked. Are they? Oh yeah, they're oh, violent, but probably very enticingly so. Yeah, like Fargo. Yeah, I like. I love Fargo. Yeah. Um, this might be the beginning to a beautiful friendship. <laughs> okay, Dubliners or Martin Dressler. Do they have good scenes? <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of scenes in that. Ice bucket challenge. What? And there's some ice bucket. The ice melts. He loses. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He loses his virginity. <laughs> it's not. It's not really an ice bucket <laughs> challenge. <laughs> he confused it there. <laughs> I don't think the ice bucket challenge is what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> More like vice bucket. Okay, I hate myself. Um. <laughs> Martin Dressler, nobody wants to make an argument for any scenes from that thing, right? I mean, no. It's a great book. I, I love Martin Dressler, but it ain't going to win. Jake was about to make an argument, were you? Well, I was going to say, if you change scene to scenery, then you could get, or setting, I don't know, I'm trying to find a way to give it yeah, something. I mean, hey, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. Let's finish off best scene. Okay. I'm writing myself a note. Anybody want to make an argument for Dubliners? I'd say Gabriel and his wife in the hotel rooms. Pretty great scene, and that's just yeah. about it. Unless yeah, somebody wants great. to order, ar- argue for the dirty old man or some other crap from that terrible collection of... Nope. Okay, Brandon, tell us what the answer is. My vote is for Charles parting the crowd to come save his son. That's my favorite scene. Best scene of the year? I don't think Jake agrees. Mm-mm. He's making a face. No, I... You got to give props to that scene, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. I think he's got another one in mind. Well, no, I don't have something specific in mind. I just, in terms of, this is what makes it hard, but I feel like every scene from Anna Karenina beats out that scene. Well, yeah. And I'm just trying to get Settling on one is the hard part, (coughs) but just in terms of like... You could almost take... Or Antonia, both of those books, those scenes knock that i mean that scene doesn't stand up to that just in terms of like something wicked has wish fulfillment on its side every boy wants but the wish fulfillment doesn't stand or fall with that scene in particular like it it is where it's sort of but your heart swells and you're like yeah charles you can well then yeah. maybe for the most unexpected scene that is vivid and powerful and I think essential to the story that I wouldn't ever have thought or didn't remember being that essential would be the horse race scene in Anna Karenina. That was great. I mean, that's just yeah, a set it's, piece. It's, it's, think, yeah, it was it just, a metaphor for the whole book. And it's also a little masterclass in what makes Tolstoy so powerful that he can make metaphor without show, uh, without hitting metaphor over your head. So Tolstoy, by the way, the blatant exception to what you said last episode where you said that we have to look at the author. The, the author. Yeah, I was thinking of Tolstoy too. When I, said I was that. too. It's obnoxious because Tolstoy was a jerk, but he was also just a genius. Mostly on the bookening, I think the principles held true that the weaknesses of the author are the weaknesses of the book. I mean, you think about someone like Hemingway, you think about even Steinbeck where he's weak. You think about a lot of our authors where they're weak, it's their sin. But Tolstoy... Something different. He really is better than... Well, it's similar to Shakespeare. We have no clue who Shakespeare was, and it's because his plays, I don't know. Tolstoy, whatever his 
his faults were in real life. He you knew. have to imagine there's a, a real moral grounding, right and wrong and regret and repentance of some sort, sorrow at least, over his failings. Like Maybe. you can't draw characters like that. And when you think about some of like the death of Ivan Ilyich and some of the other stuff he wrote, it's just like... And there are reasons to think that he actually kind of was starting to lose his mind when he got older. It was when he kind of did some of his worst things. Like abandon his family and die in the train station. <laughs> Those were pretty bad things, though. Yeah. They didn't. Am I wrong in remembering that he had only been away for like two days? Fifteen days. I mean, it was nothing, yeah. but also you shouldn't yeah. abandon your family. No, yeah, for I mean, it was two days. <laughs> it was horrible that he did it. But there's also some evidence that he was starting to go crazy, like well, actually senile and lose his mind. Yeah, he wouldn't be the first old person to certainly gave away his whole fortune and left his family nothing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. There's a movie I want to watch. Starring Christopher Plummer as Tolstoy, which I think is fun just to begin with, but it's about his last days and his death and huh. the fight over his estate and everything. It, it sounded interesting. I forget what it's called. The Last Train Station or something? Is that what it's called? Have you I seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I yeah. wanted to see it. Yeah. Christopher Plummer is like a really interesting choice for Tolstoy, I think. Yeah. I'm not sure I like that. You're not sure you like Christopher Plummer as Tolstoy? Yeah. I don't know that I do either, but it might be great. I well, mean, when you think about you, Christopher Plummer, you think about Captain Von Trapp. And, well, right, but you want to cast, I mean, okay, I want to cast Levin as Tolstoy. That's so you, what I, you almost want more of a nebbish, weak sort of, you don't want someone with the masculine vitality of Captain Von Trapp. Right. You want more of an observer. Yeah, I want Levin. I want... What actor do you cast as Tolstoy? What actor do you cast as Levin? That's a good question. Um, we'll get back to best scene in a second, folks. That's we need to cast. Question. We need to cast Levin. Did did we not ca- cast him before? No, I don't think so. I don't think we did. Joseph Gordon Levitt. No, Joseph Gordon Levin. It's right there. <laughs> <in> the <laughs> name. Uh, you could do worse. You could. Maybe. I think you could do worse. Yeah. You, so my, I, I don't know. Well, Levin, Levin's supposed to be big too, right? Yeah. Is I think, he? I think he kind of is. Supposed to be, but he's not big in being big in spirit. He's. I mean, he's kind of oafish and clumsy a little bit. So yeah, I can see that. <laughs> Brendan, you you got one? No, I don't. I, so tell me why my <coughs> mind immediately went to Tom Hiddleston. Is it just because I like it, that guy? I think so. Must be. What is there? Is there nothing in that? Tom Hiddleston's too... Sophisticated? So, a little bit too cool, I think. At yeah. least as Loki. But he plays like a... Okay. If I was going to cast an Avenger as Levin, I think it would be Chris Evans, wouldn't it? You just want Ernest, like... Yeah, maybe. Man. Not b- beefed up Chris Evans, but just Chris Evans. Yeah, maybe. There we go. Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans might actually be the answer what about to this the question? guy who plays Captain Kirk. But Chris Evans... Chris Pine? ...never writes. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that we're going to be able to think of someone better than Chris Evans, which is why I'm prepared to maybe settle on Chris Evans. Maybe you maybe you cast uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tolstoy, who is sorry over having presided over the death of Chris Evans. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow, great Emma, by the way. If you want to talk about how the Avengers plug into the characters from this year, I'm going to say Gwyneth Paltrow was a great Emma. I'm going to say, uh, let's see, who do you cast as Mr. Dark? Benedict Cumberbatch. He's an Avenger. That's easy, but probably good. Sorry. Who do you cast as Martin Dresler? I think Matt Damon might actually make a pretty good Martin Dresler. <laughs> he made it in there into the canon. Yeah, he did. He played uh, an actor on whatever that planet is. Asgard. Asgard. Yeah. Who do you cast as Marlowe? Martin. No, no. Martin Dresler can be Martin Sheen. Or no, uh, Martin. Uh, Hobbit. Yeah. 
what is his name? Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. You can buy that. He's in the Avengers verse. Brennan, who do you cast as, as from the Avengers verse for Marlowe? From Marlowe? Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> He'd probably be pretty good. I don't know, man. Actually, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays... Um, so I know in the movie Anna Karenina that they just did with Kira Knightley. Yes. Domhnall Gleeson played Levin. Right, and I think he was... He's in be... an adventure, right? No, he plays... plays oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Simpering, yeah, 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 yeah. weak yeah, yeah, yeah. guy right. from Star Wars. Yes, right. The one who's the rival to Kylo Ren. Oh, right, yeah, Hux. Yeah, Hux. What a weird choice for Levin. It was an awful choice. You watched that movie. Yeah, you watched that movie. I hated that choice. Adam Driver might not actually make a bad Levin. Uh, I'm going to say Brandon's right. I'm going to agree with that. I sort of find myself hating to agree with that because it's like maybe a kind of ugly, unlikable. Sorry, Adam Driver, (laughs) if you listen to the booking. Have you seen Patterson yet? I'm not. He does a good job there. He plays a poet bus driver. Yeah, I've heard about that. I need a Marlowe. (laughs) <laughs> from the Marvel Universe. Yeah, just <laughs> any actor. Who do you cast as Marlowe? Oh, man. Uh, uh, any actor? Yeah. You need, like, a grizzled old... Uh, yeah, that's what I'm trying to think. Like, Mike from Breaking Bad would be maybe too grizzled, but you need somebody like that, somebody that's obviously been around the block a couple times. Well, uh, Robert Duvall. Marvel, what'd you say? I was going to say, from the Marvel Universe, you have... What's his face? Robert Duvall wouldn't be bad. William Hurt? <laughs> no. Uh, no, he wouldn't be bad either, though. William um, Hurt would be pretty good. Who are you going to say? Uh, William Defoe, <laughs> he'd be fine. <laughs> no, uh, Odin, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, he'd be good. He's a little bit old now, but I mean, Anthony Hopkins can do anything. <laughs> so, so's uh, Robert Duvall. That's true. Very old. We're on best scene still. Is that what we're on? Yes, uh, best <laughs> scene. Sorry. Uh, well, I'm going to go with the horse race just because I think it's an unusual choice, but I like that it's a stand-in for uh, what Tolstoy does really well. It's great that it's atypical. It's like an action scene, and it's a really well-described action scene. But he takes these little scenes, and he gives you a vignette of all the characters and their dynamics and their relationships, and then through like that one scene with the painter and the painting, with this scene with the horse, the horse is kind of a symbol of Anna, but not really a symbol. And he's just really, he is a master of all the things that people can be heavy-handed with in literature. That's true. Okay, spe- okay if, 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 if our standard is things that people can be heavy-handed with that someone knocks out of the park, I'm going to say... Levin and Kitty with the chalk. Beautiful little love scene and makes my heart swell. And just a nice, sweet scene. How easy would it have been to cheese that up and make it feel unreal? But it yeah. feels great. I'm pretty sure that's exactly where we landed. The first one, right? I don't know. Chalk? Yeah, I think chalk was the scene. Yeah, I think you might be right. So chalk. Chalk, chalk it is. Chalk, yep. Jake, you give it to chalk? chalk? Yep. Yay, chalk! Yay for chalk. Hooray for chalk. This episode brought to you by chalk. This episode brought to you by chalk. Okay. Best scenery. My second curveball. Martin Dressler. Yeah. It feels like you're on a stage and you're walking through a play. Give them hotels. Every scene is a different... uh, Are you specifically thinking of the Grand Cosmo? No, I'm thinking of everything. We might as well... Even the last scene where he's walking in the park... Yeah, it's all good. It's pretty good. Setting is like essential to Martin Dressler. I agree. All right. Martin Dressler wins best scenery, or whatever I said, best setting. Best prose style. Cather. Not going to give it to William Shakespeare? Doesn't get it? We always give Austin and Shakespeare a free pass. Okay, Austin and Shakespeare both get I think we should give, probably give Tolstoy a free pass. I think we pass. give Tolstoy a pass for two reasons. One, he is better <laughs> than Cather. Two, he's in translation. That's true. So, and if that's what we're doing, then I'll go with Cather too. I mean, Martin Dressler is... He's really talented. Martin Dressler's pretty darn talented. Um, so Stephen Milhauser. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Stephen Milhauser, thank you. Also, I mean, Joyce. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if you wanted to give something, <laughs> if you want to throw a bone to Dubliners or I As I Lay Dying, they they suck as stories with any kind of... I don't want to throw them a bone. Yeah, let's not throw them a bone. Let's punish them because their authors sucked and they're sucked. Uh, Milne is driven. also a pretty amazing stylist. Yeah, he is. Uh, I think this might be a place to honor Conrad too, though. Conrad might be the best writer. I mean, Conrad could even really go toe-to-toe with, like if Shakespeare and Anna Karenina and like if our jury prize people were still in there, Conrad could actually hold his own, which is more than you could say for almost anyone else. I really want to argue Heart of Darkness actually should get the style, the pro style award. It's dense and it's difficult, but it's gorgeous and it's perfect. Every sentence kind of works. It's not as lovable or as easy to read or as fun as My Antonia, but... That's why I want to give it to My Antonia, because that's a very difficult thing to pull off. It's fun, it's easy to read, very evocative. Scene after scene after scene is evocative, like Tolstoy and like Conrad, but without dragging or being dense or requiring too much work from you or taking you through Russian politics. It's just start to finish, a joy to read, and... It just gives you great scene after great scene after great scene. Heart of Darkness, not a joy to read, but after slogging through it, you actually feel like it was worth it. Yeah. Like it's giving you hard diamond-like gems. It totally pays off. I think you feel like it's worth it with Antonia, though, too, right? But Antonia is well, not nearly the challenge that... Which is yeah. a point in its favor. Start naming off scenes from my Antonia and start naming off scenes from Art of Darkness and try to... We're not doing scenes. We're doing just style. style. I know, but... but Divorced somewhat from... Con- I realize you can't really divorce them, but... Style but we- has to impact you one way or another, and you can only measure it so many ways, right? We did talk a lot about the power of his prose though when we did when we talked about heart of darkness his ability to craft uh, an image and the detail and all that i can see just as many images from heart of darkness as i can from my antonia maybe and that's not fair and my antonia has more but it's also just a longer more involved book yeah i guess it is longer doesn't feel long doesn't seem that much longer i suppose i have to agree with you on my antonia i will yield the point but i think heart of darkness i think it gets the jury prize deserves to be fought for yeah I agree with you there. I think that Conrad's style is amazing. But what Cather did with My Antonia was it's her masterpiece for a reason. We picked some killer stylists. We didn't even consider Lewis. And he's good. Lewis never... we're throwing we're throwing some of the premier stylists in Faulkner and Milne and Joyce under the bus. Just because we hate them. But And we need to narrow the field somehow. They're being chewed on by the devil, I thought. We threw <laughs> they are. Right. <laughs> we threw Tolstoy. Austin and Shakespeare out because they don't count because they're too good. Right. (laughs) It's unfair to include them. (laughs) And I even think Bradbury as a stylist, I mean... We really ended up appreciating his style. I mean, like, he goes over the top, but it's in a really warm way that makes you feel good. And I don't know. Yep. Really, there were only two stylists that sucked this year. I don't think Agatha Christie sucked. (laughs) (laughs) She's good at doing what she does. She knows what she's yeah. doing. Yeah, that's she's, fair. A, she's a decent stylist. All right, so best style award, we're giving it to Willa. Let's give it to Willa. Where yeah, there's a Willa, there's a Weya. With jury prize goes to Heart of Darkness. Fair enough. We're allowed to award jury prizes. So a special prize for best dense, difficult, awesome prose goes to Heart of Darkness. Best yeah. prose go to my Antonio. Written in a second or third language. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best prose written in a third language definitely goes to Heart of Darkness. Man, that's amazing. Thank you for reminding us of that. All right, guys. Worst book of the year. I mean, I well, think I know we my know answer. what the answer is. 
know mine. I think I know mine. Should we all say it at the same time? It'd be let's, fun. Let's try it. Let's, okay, let's do it. You have yours, Nathan? Yep. All right, count us down. I'm going to say three, two, one, and then go. You're going to say go, or we're going to go out? No, I'm going to say go. Okay. I'll say three, two, one, go, and then we'll go. Okay. <clears throat> Shoot, guys. I don't know if we're going to all say the same thing. I bet we I bet we might. I don't know if we do. Yeah, maybe we won't. I've got two. I got one. Do you think it's obvious, Brandon? I thought it was. Now I'm wondering, but let's do it. We'll have a debate. I'm going to... I'm going to stick to my guns on this no matter where you guys land, I think. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty obvious now that you now that I think about it. Okay, three. Wait, no, Brent, now Brandon's making Oh, no, sense. now I'm having a doubt. <laughs> I'm good. I know. I mean, just based on our conversation, yeah, go. Crap. Based on <laughs> what I feel. Yeah, go. Well, now I'm paranoid that I'm going to say the wrong thing. <laughs> If we, I think we'll all say a book that's bad. Okay, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, three. <laughs> okay, three, two, one, go. Dubliners. Okay, we were also paranoid that's, that's for no what reason. I stuck to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dubliners sucked. Yeah, I hate. I hate, what a slog. I hate Ireland based on its depiction in the choice. And Joyce is Ireland. I hate yeah. I refuse to accept that that's Ireland. That's but not Ireland. <laughs> the Dead's a great story, though. Fine. <laughs> it was a slog, and Joyce was a narcissistic weirdo that was into some pervy stuff. I mean, I enjoyed The Dead, but I think the conclusion we came to is he had promise that was just wasted on. Letting his ego inflate and never disciplining his craft, actually marrying. So he already he had the talent of really good writing. Never disciplined it with learning how to tell a story anybody would care to read. I think that's true. So I think if you just want to talk about raw talent, he probably has more raw talent than some people that we liked a lot better. Oh, yeah. He has more raw talent than uh, Stephen Milhauser. Ray Bradbury. Ray Bradbury. Or, or Willa Cather. Than Willa Cather. Than definitely Agatha Christie. Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say Faulkner. the only ones that he doesn't have more raw talent would be the four big ones. Austin Shakespeare... Tolstoy. Tolstoy and Conrad. And Conrad, yeah. But yeah, that was the worst book. I think it's deserved. As yeah. I Lay Dying would make the list, but it had what, a bit Where more. I faltered on it was, that's the only book I didn't finish. I didn't finish it because I wasn't going to be able to make the recording. Yeah. It had a bit more heart to it than Dubliners does. I was actually, my second choice was Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> Just, I understand Winnie the Pooh is actually not all that bad and pretty funny and People like it for a reason, and I like it for a reason, but I kind of thought it deserved to be punished. I was judging it solely on, would I ever read this again? Would I never pick it up again? I would totally read The Dead again, though. I mean, The Dead was a great story, so I don't know whether that like makes it so I can't really condemn the Dubliners to the deepest pit of the abyss or not, but... Go back to the darkness from which thou came, thou shalt not pass. All right, best book? Yeah. Anna. I don't know, guys. <laughs> it's Anna. Yeah. It's, it's no, not even a dis- debate. No, there's really no question. And this is there's opening no. the gates back up for the big players to come in. The only arguments that I can see making against Anna are Anna's 850 pages long and has Russian politics in it. Okay, so it's worth it. But the best book is the book that life. you'll actually read. Uh, the best book on this list is the book you'll actually read. If you're not going to read the 850-page book with Russian politics, then the shorter book in Emma or My Antonia or Heart of Darkness, which is quite short, is the better book. That's the argument that you have to make, but I'm not willing to make that argument. 
No, I mean, I think Anna is so well worth the trouble, so well worth actually setting aside a chunk of your life, a chunk of your year to read. And I've read it twice now. It was worth it both times. I mean, I want to say things like life-changing. I want to use words like that. It's just a fantastically, wonderfully written book. It's like getting in a time machine and getting to live other people's lives. Yeah. Transporting in the most literal sense. Maybe not the most literal sense, because that would mean it was actually transporting <laughs> somewhere. But <laughs> my book does have wills. Transporting <laughs> in the most figurative sense. <laughs> I mean, as far as like what I would tell random Joe Schmo who doesn't have any time to read, I think something wicked actually might be something that I would recommend to a lot of Joe Schmoes. It's just sure. a fun, good versus evil fun, easy fatherhood. Easy. A lot of people have told me that they enjoyed it, that hadn't read it before. Yeah, and some people have surprised me. Like some people who enjoy, uh, I was surprised certain people tell me they enjoyed that one. I've also had people tell me, although somebody was just texting me while we were here, where they are in my Antonia. Uh, surprised with a couple, with it not resonating for a couple people. For my Antonia? Yeah. That's interesting. Huh. Um, you can tell us off mic. Yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise you if I start to describe the. I mean, I think the type of person that generally that book hasn't resonated with are more sort of straightforward, mathematical, scientific type of people who don't quite, you know, they want the book to feel like it has a point. And right. That's not the point. Right. But getting that point across is difficult. Which is why that would be the type of person that would try to make the argument against Anna Caridita. Your argument would be, yeah. The 850 pages is worth it. Yeah. You can easily skim and skip Russian politics. Get over yourself and read the book. Yeah. I'm not ashamed to skim Russian politics where I need to on something like that. No, I'm not ashamed to say that I have skimmed the Russian politics. And there are portions of War and Peace that you skim because it's just him babbling on about his history lessons for a while. So you don't have to read it all. Parts of the Iliad you skim, for goodness sake. Yeah. Yeah. You're reading it all, it's because you don't know what you're doing. Books were made for man, not man for books. Yeah. And okay, we've had some people say that they were defeated by it. We have had some people tell us that. Yeah. But Anna has a rep and it's an unfair rep that it ultimately glorifies adultery or whatever. And you get into, and he does, before the consequences of adultery start to unfold, you do enter in a little into the mindset of Anna and Alexi. And, but it gives you that scene where Levin himself is almost seduced by Anna. Yeah, when there are all kinds of buts and qualifications down yeah. to the fact that the book where you hit the title page has a quote from scripture, vengeance is mine, I will repay, Yeah, says the Lord. And that's the book. Yeah, And, and, and you have to sell, if you're going to make it all work and hit home, make the lessons hit home, you got to sell it and just enough to see yourself in Anna's shoes, in Alexi's shoes. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing about Anna Karenina is that it's called Anna Karenina. It could just as easily be called Levin. Yeah. And we would think about the book and people that haven't read the book certainly would think about the book in a much different way. Or it could be called whatever, generic Russian soap opera book. A Tale of Two Loves. Lovers. It could tale literally be called loves. a tale, tale of two, two marriages. I mean, it's actually about two cities. It could be called happy yeah. and unhappy marriages. Right. Yeah. Family. Family life. Love and death. Whatever. Have one the family's war and peace. You might as well have done love and death. Love and death. Love and death is a Woody <laughs> Allen movie, isn't it? What's what's? But those Russians always have names like that. Fathers and sons. And nice job titling it, Tolstoy. You idiot. Emma should have been called Knightly. That hideous strength should have been called Bultitude. <laughs> oh yeah. As I Lay Dying should have been called... Uh, Darl. Darl. The Roof. Winnie the Pooh should have been called... 
Pile of poo, yeah. <laughs> Boys of Blur definitely should have been called Cotton. Heart of Darkness should have been called Marlowe or Kurtz. Murder on the Orient Express should have been called Ratchet. And Summer Night Dream should have been called Puck. Did we finally hit a proper title there by your standards <laughs> in the next one? My Antonia should have been called My Antonia. Yay! Okay. We got to be done, guys. But we have a couple more things we got to get through real quick. Woo! Biggest surprise. I'm going to say for me, my Antonia, for sure. I thought it was going to be boring, pastoral, and lame, and terrible, and the worst kind of poetic crap, and instead it was wonderful. Yeah, biggest positive surprise, absolutely 100% on the same page with you there. Brandon, biggest positive surprise? Something wicked. Something wicked. Was not expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. And you did. I'm glad to hear it. My past experiences with Brad Berry hadn't been this favorable, and I really loved that book. So That's good. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, Biggest negative surprise? Dubliners. Easy. Dubliners, yeah. Big fan of short stories. We had been on a roll, been set up to believe this is the greatest short story compilation ever. And I let Just everyone down. Ready for it. And I slammed into a wall. Yep. It was so Like an adulteress throwing herself in front of a train. Spoilers. That's right. Yeah, I don't know. But not spoilers, because I didn't say what book that's from. Might Anna Karenina. <laughs> no, 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 it might be from Winnie the Pooh. You don't know what Piglet, what happens to Piglet and Pooh. Murder on the Orient Express, guys. Yeah, it's got oh, a train, yeah. for crying out yeah. loud. And uh, murder. Yeah, there we go. Murder on the, with, with apologies to the great Danny M, Murder on the Orient Maybe Express that's... might be one of my negative surprises. I really wanted to like that, and instead it was boring, and I hated it and couldn't even finish it. And I know everybody says it was better than I thought it was, but I just it, there was nothing there for me. I realized there was things there for other people, just nothing there for me. Sorry, Danny M. Uh, but yeah, Dubliners is obviously the biggest negative surprise because it's supposed to be great, and it sucked. Sorry, James Joyce. Apologies to James Joyce and Danny M. All right, final thing we have to do. Brandon, did you bring, as we promised many an episode ago, some bad writing from high school? Yeah, yeah. What are we going to do? Just read it? I just want to read one section from your bad writing from high school. Jake, you did not bring any bad writing from high school. Yours is in a box in Evansville. It's just so bad. I can't read this. I don't know. Okay, well, this is funny because it goes right to, I was like, should I just set it up real fast? Sure. I, I don't even remember how old I was. I was a teenager come upon, so it was that period where I was getting into Tolstoy, all that. But then I came upon James Joyce, Ulysses, and I was like, wow, I got to try to do this. And I, and it was a period of my life where I wanted to write like everybody that I read because I wanted to be these people. I wanted to write like them. And so I tried to write like Ulysses and this is stream of consciousness Uh-oh. and I'm not going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even I'll read the first sentence. Okay, let's hear it. Cardinal secret. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I was just such a... Uh, such a punk. Such you want me to go first? I'll I'm go first. such for, a punk. I was I'll, such I'll go a first. stupid punk. No, no, I'm going to read it. Okay. I was such a stupid punk, no, man. Yeah, you, you deserve it. I thought that this was like... Oh, man. Cardinal secret, colon. The dualistic dilemmas, diaphanous thin, like Gideon paper. <laughs> like idiot paper? Like Gideon paper. Like, like Gideon the Bible paper. pages. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought that, you know, you take all these cool images and things. The uvula's the place. Flops limp at death when the brain goes numb. And so I can tell you everything that I... So it was like I was playing off of, you know, Descartes' position. Where's the soul at? It's just so stupid. It's stupid. I'm not reading any more of this crap. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Oh, man. I just thought... Oh, man. I'm really embarrassed of this, too. (laughs) I really hate me right now. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, I hate me too, so you're okay. in good company. I'm sorry, guys. I'm letting you down over here. It's okay, Jake. We, we had, you didn't really have a chance. Jake did, Jake would have been happy to bring something if he had an opportunity. He just didn't. Um, folks, if you're listening. Okay, so what's fun about this one? Oh, it's so embarrassing. See if you guys can can anticipate what the subject of this essay is that was written for my high school based on... <laughs> There's like, no uvula. Like you have it in a. <laughs> I'm gonna say no uvula. No uvula. Well, hey. <laughs> there's a plus upside to it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, this is embarrassing. Oh, I hate myself so much. I didn't realize I was gonna get such cold feet. Uh, give us one more line from yours, Brandon. <laughs> the uvula is the place. You want to just read the whole the whole flops limp at death when the brain goes numb. Flees like Persephone down, down, and then with a swing up. Pass the sticks <laughs> through the leaves straight to Cossitus. <laughs> okay, here we go. I just felt like if I could cram it through with everything I read and make everybody think I was really smart, then nobody would care that it was bad. Okay. Well, I you didn't think that. <laughs> I know. That's what that's what it is now. Okay, this is so embarrassing, guys. This is from an essay I wrote for my high school. <laughs> Are you gonna do it? No, I Yeah, Jake's right. No, what I thought I thought I was that smart. Right. Yeah. And I was cleverer than everybody else. Right. Babylon stands. Oh, okay. Babylon stands. We should pass it around and let other people read. <laughs> I, I don't think I could bear that. That'd <laughs> be more painful. <laughs> Babylon stands. Its citizens teeter on the edge of its mighty walls, ever in danger of falling over the pre- precipice and hurling the grave below. Hurling the grave below. <laughs> God nudges one away from the wall while blowing the other over. Fate causes some to garner wealth while pushing others over to topple to their dooms. What? <laughs> the the lily white virgin topples with the whore, the emperors with the poor, the artist with the craftsman. Oh, nice. All right, you guys don't. You gotta yet. say that with like, huh? the virgin. <laughs> Topples with the poor, the whore. <laughs> what, you just like beat poetry yeah. or something? <laughs> like, yeah, poor with the poor. It's got some rhyme going there. You guys don't realize how embarrassing this yet is because you don't know the topic of this essay. But The book of Revelation. No, you'll get there. Not No, that would be way less embarrassing. The lily white virgin topples with the whore, the emperors with the poor, the artist with the craftsman. Religion doesn't always save you, although pure luck has been known to. One man hangs by a brittle strand. This is all still the first paragraph. And at the last strained moment, scampers up. Another gorges on food, sex, and wine for all his life, only to plummet from Babylon down into the pit at the end. Oh, man. Okay, now it's okay, Nathan. Some say God hefts his mallet and then giggles with (laughs) capricious glee as he smites random souls down to the final splat. It's fun how... Kids our age think that just throwing in strong verbs and adjectives make everything work. Yeah. Others blame fate, others luck, others nature, still others creation, creature, or creator. Oh, so bad. Thornton Wilder addresses this problem well in his book, The Bridge of San Luis <laughs> Rey. <laughs> <laughs> Upline goes to. <laughs> oh, that was my beginning to an essay on the bridge of San Luis Rey. I wish I was dead. It's so embarrassing. Why? <laughs> oh. yeah, it's very grandiose for sure. Oh. What were the various opinions on the unfortunate plummet of Uncle Peo? I mean, and then it just like becomes an essay. It's like 
If you could just cut all that crap, it's like a paragraph the size of half the page. There was like some thunder and lightning in there, though, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then it ends. So then I actually wrote the real essay that I was supposed to, and it more or less, it's, it's kind of over the top, but then it, it, it comes back around to like tie it all together with... Um, and I don't know. I think it must be Bradbury that was influencing that kind of like semi-biblical. Semi I don't know who was, why I was writing like that. But on the final verdict, I agree with God. That was, that's how this essay ends. And then it says, let the mallet fall. <sighs> let the mallet fall on bad high school writing. Yeah, you know, it is what it is. Pretty Can't take it back for sure. <laughs> What's fun about this, I brought uh, something else from high school. It has a list of words that I, and ideas that I can only imagine I wrote down because I wanted to look them up or remember them. I'll give you guys this list here. We've got existentialism, Jean-Paul Sartre. Sartre. Just, just a little note to myself. I should look that up, figure out what that is. Realism. I wanted to know about realism. And then just a list of vocabulary words that I wanted to either remember or look up or know or something. How do you say that word? Obfuscation? Obfuscation. Obfuscation? Obfuscation, yeah. Weltanschauung? Weltanschauung. Metonymy, synchronicity, conflagration, credulous, paucity, rudiments, and then there's just a little note that says, know about Mark Twain. (laughs) 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 Whose class would this have been for? I have no idea. It's on the back of an essay about a rock. There we have it. There we have it. Happy New Year. I'll try to not let you guys down and bring something sometime. Yep, Jake, I think you, you owe us a bad... I'm going to try to find that piece I was telling you about. <laughs> you should it's, describe it to our listeners. So I don't know. If, I think this was probably maybe sophomore year, freshman year of high school. I'm not sure which. And we had to write a paper on the Scarlet Letter, and we had to print it, and we didn't have a printer at home. And I hated writing on the computer. I liked writing freehand, and I didn't want to write and turn around and have to type what I wrote. So I came up with what I thought was a pretty great idea, which was that I I wrote my essay in the persona of Hawthorne's Roger Chillingsworth, wrote it freehand, found some parchment paper in our house and wrote it in the persona of Roger Chillingsworth and burnt like the edges of the paper or whatever. <laughs> all, all in a grand scheme to only have to write it once in one draft freehand <laughs> There's and a, I'm sure it's the most awful and embarrassing thing I've ever it just strikes me as I can't think of anything off the top of my head that could be more embarrassing than that piece that's really funny it's funny I, I love kid logic where you end up doing a lot of work just to avoid work <laughs> I always think of this Dave Barry essay that has always stuck with me where Dave Barry talked about, I think, I don't know if he's talking about himself or someone else, but he just told the story of being a college guy in a dorm and the parents coming to visit the dorm and they didn't have a vacuum. So they took a two by four and dragged it across the floor just to make fake vacuum (laughs) marks. So it looked like the floor had been vacuumed. Like you'd have the, parallel lines or whatever as if a vacuum had been run over that's always stuck in my head is just like the the example of someone doing way too much work to avoid work anyway well, i think i still maintain that i avoided work you had to char the edges of the yeah but i only had to write the thing once what grade did you get on this paper by the way i, I, I don't know what i doubt a? i i'm sure it was an a Flash your pearly whites at the teacher again. Yeah. Slip them an apple or two and get, get your A. Flash the pearly whites. Come up with a, a reason why I was being creative and artsy and sell it. 
and uh, win the day. Yep. And only have to write the paper once the way I wanted to write it, which was freehand. No second drafts, no typing, no nothing. I might have been able, I might not even have charred the paper myself. Might have had my stepmom do it. <laughs> would have been something I would have, she's artsy. Hey, can you make this look old? <laughs> There's Jake. He's Tom Sawyer with the whitewashed fence or whatever that thing is. That's 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 Jake, basically. Kid Jake. Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Brandon. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Nathan. Happy New Year, Jake. Happy New Year. Here's to season three and 2018. Yeah. Here's to better books than whatever that book is we just did. C.S. Lewis's Till Til We, we have, have Faces. faces. Not as good a start as Anna Karenina. No, it was not. Today was written and produced by Nathan Alverson. It was performed by Nathan Alverson, Brandon Chestine, and Jacob Menzel. You can support the Bookening at bookening.com forward slash the Patreon. False. False. Patreon.com forward slash the Bookening. Patreon.com forward slash the Bookening. Like I said, what else can you do, Brandon? You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. I think we have a Twitter. Yeah, we got a Twitter. We at, got a we got an Instagram at the Bookening. I think it's it's at the Bookening for both of them. Yeah, there are fun things that get posted on those from time to time. Indeed, there are. And uh, go to warhornmedia.com. Also, hey, if if if, if you want to do something nice for us for free, you know what they should do, Brandon? What should they do? I think they should go on Stitcher or iTunes or their podcast app of choice and leave us a five star review. Yeah. Unless it's a podcast app that operates on like a 20-star system, in which case a five-star review would be like pretty low. Us. Yeah. Definitely don't give us a one-star. No. Why even take the time to get on to, yeah, you can't hate us that much. No. I don't think anyone does hate the booketing. Some of their podcasts, I think we might have some one-star reviews. We got a one-star review for Sanity. Yeah. what Sanity's got a one-star review. It says, more condescending people that should you'll learn. You'll never find. You'll never find. But uh, condescending people you'll never find. Yeah, something like yeah. More condescending. <laughs> you never find <laughs> my mommy. Fortunately, the booketing never condescending towards anyone or anything. Never have been. Never will be. Nope. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll see you next week for possibly my favorite of all the novels by my favorite author, or definitely my favorite authoress. Which means greatest novel of all time? Question mark, question mark, question mark. The answer would be no. no. <laughs> but it's really good. It's really great. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm loving it. Thanks for reading or listening, whatever it is you're doing. Bye, everybody.